0: For your life,
1: you're
0: a shooting star in all the years. No one knows just how hard you want. To. But now it shows in one shining moment. It's all on the line. In one shining moment.
1: I wear such the shoe and roll my butt, and I can everything stuff out there a mile off.
0: You seen the
1: link? even All right. Thank you for listening to the SPC podcast as we head into college basketball. But what we're going to do with college basketball is we're going to teach you how to bet the NCAA tournament. You don't start uh, betting the NCAA tournament, rolling up to the casino, in the sports book on Thursday morning, and you start filling out teams. You start really right now, like a month before, right after uh, the Super Bowl. Now, I have an MBA securities, licenses, clients, and worth $50 million. So every single uh, podcast and every single wager is a process. The same way you pick a security, uh, same way you make a decision, decision science, same way you choose an investment, it's the same way you bet a college basketball game or a NFL football game—it's the same process. And you have to have rules. You have to have a code. In the episode notes are the top ten rules of betting, and really for the NCAA tournament—that's where it really started with me. The NCAA tournament, where I had an epic run in 2011, uh, paid for a lot of bills, a lot of vacations, a lot of things that run in subsequently 25 years of, of narrowing it down to the sports betting processes and rules and code, right? That makes money consistently, all right? So uh, we get lied to a lot, right? We don't believe in uh, the East of Brandy or Santa Claus. So polls rankings, all of that stuff are lies. None of them are real. And I'll get into detail a little bit, but I'll introduce Chad. Uh, if you're the toughest smartest guy in the room, you're in our room. So Chad collaborated with Chad last year, and we did really well in the in the conference tournament and the NCA tournament. So why mess with a good thing? We're back at it again here. It's February the 14th, and we're back at it again, Chad. Thanks for joining me, helping me out with this
0: yep no problem man i uh happy to be here and i love love some college hoops and i think this really college hoops in my opinion is is the uh most profitable of any sport collegiate or pro uh, i really think to monetize and so far in my early betting career um yeah march madness and conference tournaments is the highest percentage i've ever been able to hit so far so um, just doing, doing the research and ramping everything up until we get to these conference tournaments and, and uh, NCAA tournament.
1: Exactly. And I've been on a nice run for the last 12 years. And with sports betting being legalized in a lot of places, uh, I think it's important to share so people don't get taken advantage of And it's a good way to collaborate and kind of keep capitalism going, because Chinese say that we can't collaborate, that we're over-competitive, right? Uh, So part of it is teaching business and financial concepts. And something that's going to be big is fundamental analysis, right? Uh, There's a big debate between folks who like fundamental analysis and folks who like technical analysis. Now, nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis, gotten rich selling technical analysis, which is what you see on CNBC. Fundamental analysis has made a lot of people rich and also taking advantage of market inefficiencies. So college basketball
0: is huge as far as using fundamental analysis pick the games josh can you give the people an example of technical analysis and one example of fundamental analysis You're right it, in the episode notes i'll put
1: a link to the top 10 rules of betting and in that it's i get into the technical part of it also in the episode notes uh, i have a little bit of fundamental analysis and what technical analysis but to answer your question in a real short way those are be in detail and then I'm going to, on Thursday, I'm going to shoot out the, the newsletter. The newsletter will be like a long form article talking about fundamental analysis and technical analysis, but everything through the lens of sports betting and how you use it to make a sports betting de- decision. But in short, uh, technical analysis, you use charts, you use uh, trends to help you make a decision. Beyond that, uh, it's based on one of the biggest lies ever that I hear every day. Uh, right now, the big lie they're telling you is that, as far as inflation is concerned, it's baked into the price of the stocks. Big lie. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not baked into it. But you hear it on TV. You see everybody say this and that is baked to it. Same thing as sports betting. Oh, an injury is baked into the line... So now the lines are no 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 lines are very very arbitrary, and people all they do all day is cover their ass. What do people do all day? They are very self interested. So that's the other part of it, uh, and we're going to focus that on the tomorrow's podcast, the uh, true crime podcast, is getting to what reality is, getting to what the most probable outcome is. There's no such thing as a lock. The highest level of probability is 80%. So Van Halen used to say, you got to roll with the punches just to get to what's real. I'm just trying to get to what's real, man. Right? So technical analysis lies to you, right? Saying, oh, this is baked in. This is not baked. No, we don't know if it's baked in or not. We have to investigate. We have to do our
0: research, which is number two rule baby, Your research. So, Josh, would, would um like statistics and, and like Ken Palm, would that be a form of technical analysis?
1: Yeah, they, they, they try to put that in,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: key statistics, right? And uh, pattern recognition is important. But analytics only works, in my experience, in baseball. It does not work in football.
0: Well, then what an example in, of
1: fun in, in 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 um in basketball it only works up to hit hitting a brick wall there's no nba team that's won or a college team that's won a title based on analytics now i have a client i didn't even come up with that uh that came crystal clear to me with a client who has a uh, phd from mit in a World Series ring with the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. right? So she knows math and highly ethical. She's been offered a lot of money by NFL teams, and she will not take NFL teams' money. Right? She won't take NFL teams' money because, from a pure mathematical perspective, perspective analytics did not work in football now i deviated a little bit from it and i got burned whenever i deviate from the top 10 rules of betting i get toasted even uh, chad when i'm telling him the rules when he deviates from the rules he gets toasted <laughs> you gotta you gotta stick to the rules and they're there for a reason right i learned the hard way
0: One one question so so would an example for the people of a fundamental analysis be um corporate governance looking exactly. at the coach of the team and then looking at maybe how many games they've played in a certain amount of time, like rest, which team has more rest in- That would be like a
1: key statistic, right? Uh, uh, A competitive advantage, uh, a limiting factor. So what you do is, uh, how do you get to the truth, right? You identify what's going on, you eliminate variables and co-variables, you use math, and then you use logic uh, rigorously to get to the answer right? To get to what is going on. And you use statistics for that. But looking at a chart, uh, really the number that keeps coming up is like 59%, right? You can look at a chart. Lou Tepper, who's the owner of the Carolina Panthers, he looks at a chart and he was right picking socks 59% of the time. But so what he did was sell technical analysis, but he sold it really well. He sold $25 billion worth of it. And he got a $3 billion cut for himself. But as for this podcast, uh, corporate governance, and which is in fundamental analysis, right? It's the coaching staff and the coaches. What is the goal of the coach? Some coaches want to win the regular season title. Some coaches want to win the conference title. Some coaches want to win first, all they want to do is win one NCAA game. Some other coaches want to get out of the first weekend. That's their goal. Some want to make it to the sweet 16, some final four, and some want to win it all. So to that end, uh, lines and rankings are all lies, right? So the AP ranking is a big, fat lie. Coaches ranking, big, fat lie. Uh, Bracketology, John uh, Len- uh, Lenardi, big, fat lie. Jerry Palm, lie. All of them are relevant to us, the sports better. So you have to come up with your own rankings. So I came up with the rankings of teams they're going to put money in your pocket that you're going to be able to pay bills with. And you be able to enjoy the games bidding either for or against this, these teams, right? So that's every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose is to show you how to bet March Madness. And the outcome is to make. A lot of money right uh you can see on twitter scott on the football podcast made thirteen thousand dollars playing football this year that's very very good i was fortunate lucky and good to make a lot more than that but what makes me different is that i'm willing to share and well and while i'm sharing too i benefit from it because it clears up a lot of things going through these lists and looking and getting then, then research right because Believe it or not, coaches will tell you what their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish, right? So uh, we're going to go to the top 16 teams in the NCAA tournament for betting. The number one team is the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, I was reading today, Patino and Cal Perry are friends. He did this for a reason, right? Tino put in there that uh, this is the best Kentucky team we've seen in a long time. Kentucky's ready to go to the Final Four. And one of Cal Perry's biggest rivals, a guy who's called them out publicly, is their number two team, Mike Sheshewski. It's his final year. And I think right now Coach Cal would like no other better thing than to beat Coach K in his final year. They're friends, but not friends, right? uh, Sheshe called them out. Hey, we're Duke. We're academic school. But he called them out for the one and done, right? The Calipari somehow cheating with the one and done. So there's a rivalry between the two coaches, which kind of changes things. But Kentucky is – you're going to cover more the second – like the first game, they won't cover, there'll be a big line inflated. People will bet it up. So you would bet against Kentucky. Then in the second round of 32, you would bet for Kentucky because that's their money time. Uh, in the Sweet 16, the like Thursday game or Friday game, don't necessarily bet for Kentucky, but in that second game, do so because of the strategy and the corporate governance of it, right? So that's your number one team, Kentucky. Number two is Duke. Number three, for sports betting purposes, is your Oregon Ducks, Dana Altman. Dana Altman has orders from Phil Knight, great book, true dog. Uh, Phil Knight, the owner of Nike, is the guy that runs the Oregon sports program. He's a big basketball fan. And he's got Dana Altman with strict orders to make sure that the team is well late, makes a run in the Pac-12 tournament, and gets to the Sweet 16, which he did last year. And this year, even though that this team isn't as good as the Oregon teams we've seen in the past, that's where they're trending, right? Uh, they're going to have to get on a nice roll here at the end and make it to at least the Pac-12 conference title game, which that will get them in the tournament. And East Coast bias. All these teams are looking at Duke, Kentucky, Arizona even, Auburn, and they are going to put Oregon as a dog probably in the first couple games of the tournament. And for the past six or seven years, they've been able to cover for them now. If you live in the past, you die in the past. Your single year is different. Past performance might not be indicative of future results. So, just because I won Oregon in the last six, seven years, including last year, by knowing what Dina Goldman's goals are, doesn't mean I'll do it this year. So, I'm lucky this year, I've got Chad's going to help me with that research. What do you think about our top
0: three teams so far? Sounds good? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I mean, K- Kentucky and Duke, I mean, probably the best rosters right now um, I've seen. You know, I might throw Auburn, you know, Purdue, Houston um, in that category. But, yeah, I mean, those those are the blue bloods. Corporate governance, um, I mean, two two awesome coaches. And then, yeah, I mean, I like Oregon a lot. I mean, Dana Altman, I, I think – if you look at him in the month of February and March against the spread as a coach, he's like 62, 63% against the spread in the months of uh, February and March. So um, this is the time of year they really turn it on. And um, you know, they, they, they tend to always trend up all his teams kind of trend up towards the end of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I mean, Altman yeah. is a, it's a great coach to, to put your money on at this time of year.
1: So technical analysis would say, that uh, Vegas will have would have cut out to that trip, and my bankroll says no, they haven't. <laughs> they have not cut out to that trip. So we've been able to monetize it. You made a good point with Purdue. That's one team I missed. We'll get next week, but I'm going to group them as number five with the actually number four is going to be UCLA. So salesmen think short term. Salesmen think short term businessmen and women think long term. That's Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin's job is to get UCLA through the tournament and into the final four. He's right now not really caring about the regular season. Uh, if a guy has a slight injury, he'll sit him out to make sure everybody's ready for the NCAA tournament. So UCLA covered every single game for me last year with Oregon State. Man. It was beautiful east coast bias i don't get mad at it i enjoy it i monetize it go ahead bet those east coast teams uh ucla is going to cover also ucla is going to go under in the tournament because ucla and mccurden plays that midwestern bobby knight style game which they have these are control so they like to control the game as much as possible yeah. Uh, Cal Perry's a control freak, and so is Krzyzewski. So in control freak games, games that the second game of uh, the tournament, two games and three nights, the big control freaks, right? So that means for us, games going to go under. Uh, number five team is the Arizona Wildcats. Gonzaga, right? Really, what they are is Gonzaga with better talent. Uh, they are legit final four contender. They're deep and they're tall. They're one of the tallest teams. So they, they're not gonna get killed inside.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and they have they, great Cody Riley might get killed inside, but not our zone. Go ahead, Chad.
0: They have great end-to-end court speed too. I mean, their team speed is, is probably one of the best I've seen just if you ran them all 40 yard dashes, which you know, basketball is not something that it, top end speed or you know isn't really looked at because you don't, but they, they really can get up and down the court. Um, they got some they got some speed. I mean Matherin for his size, I mean he's probably the fastest guy I've seen at that size.
1: So one one of the reasons I feel they'll get to the final four or, you know, look good is the fact that if they're not hitting threes, they can create easy shots for themselves with their defense and they can go to the post. They can go to the post, start posting people up. Mm. And their defense keeps them in games.
0: Both, and both
1: for UCLA and Arizona, their defense keeps them in games.
0: And Arizona is great on the offensive glass too.
1: Right. Uh, Stanford. Stanford has zero guards. So you're betting for and against him. So, if Stanford gets into the NCAA, they're going to get rolled because they have no guard play. And they shoot horrible from threes. Uh, it's a great coaching job to get them into the NCAA. Great job of scheming, scouting. Uh, definitely the first game you look at, you do your research. But if Stanford gets by the first game, they'll get rolled second game. Auburn. Both Auburn and Arizona are gonna have inflated lines in the probably the first two games. And our, Auburn is notorious for not. Auburn's the type of team the one kind of the same way that they're good when they're dogs, but they're not good at favorites. So I can see Auburn, regardless whether they you know they have to win because it's one and done, but I can see Auburn winning. The first two games in the NCAA tournament and not covering. And then it'll be Auburn against, let's say, Arizona in the Sweet 16. Auburn will cover that. And Auburn, um, because they have so much depth, they'll be able to cover second halves of games in the NCAA tournament, especially two games to three nights. So they win the first game, round one. The second game, they'll cover the second half because that's their strategy. To wear teams down. Number nine, right? Corporate, right? Actually, corporate governance special. Jay Wright, the best dressed coach college basketball. we forgot how many national titles he has, but I think he has about three national titles. He's gone to the final four several times. I'll make sure I get that next week because I got his book and all that. He is a great tactician, great dog to bet in the tournament. Jay Wright. Uh, number 10, I have St. John's. St. John's might not make the tournament, but definitely going to make a big run in the Big East tournament.
0: So look for St. John's to make a run in the Big East tournament. What do you think, Chad? Um, man, I really don't. On St. John's, I don't have any input there. I had That's a team I have not seen play yet. Um, yeah. Haven't bet- uh, yeah, and that's uh,
1: one of the top tournaments of betting. I think this is like number five or number six you don't bet a team you haven't seen play. Yeah. You, you, so the box score only tells you half the story. You got to watch it play to see what, what's going on. I watched St. John's play a few times, and they got it in Anderson. I've been watching Anderson a long time. Uh, high school, there was a guy the same time I went to high school named Bill Teal. He in the, went to Arkansas. Then in the NBA, Anderson, the get coach of St. John's, We got to recruited him. So I always follow uh, Anderson. And he likes to put each piece as the year goes on. They had a nice battle against UConn. Nice war that's going to be indicative of what's going to happen in the uh, Big East tournament. I, I'm feeling St. John's going to make a run. It's his fourth year there. He's adding pieces as they go along. And what he's always needed with that, especially at the end, that all the pieces are in place, is to score. And uh, Champagne, he can score. And now I saw yesterday they got a second option 40 minutes of hell. That speed will get him in there. All right. Uh, here we go with one of Chad's teams, Loyola of Chicago. I think they're going to get into the tournament. And again, a team that will not cover a spread if they're favorite, but as a dog, you really got to look at Leola Chicago. Putter Moiser is in Oklahoma They have a different coach. They won't go as far, but uh really look at them hard if they're a dog in the first round, and then they'll probably lose in the second game. Okay.
0: And he's also Leola Chicago traffic. Um, yeah, I mean, I they they they're a solid team. Um, a lot of they really only lost Kirtwig, um, that big lefty from last year. Their big man, they pretty much returned to everyone else. Williamson um, is, is probably going to win player of the year in the Missouri Valley. Um, he is he has been a stud for them all year. Um, they have good guard play. Uh, they got guys that have been you know made that Sweet Sixteen run last year. Um, they got guys that have been there, yeah. So I mean, I, I like that team. You know, they probably, you know, right now are the only team in the Missouri Valley Conference that can get in the tournament as an at-large without winning, according to Lenardi's brackets right now. So they, um, you know, they they they're a team that I remember. I I,
1: I'm different from Chad as far as I put zero stock in what Lenardi says. Yeah, I'm making the determination that. Loyola is going to uh, make the tournament no matter what on two things, right? That they played well all season long, including early in the season. They got some good early season wins. And then Chicago's a the big market, right? Chicago's the third biggest city in the United States. So more often than not, money talks,
0: bullshit walks. And, so and Chicago's got work- a good chance of getting a team in there. I will say the Missouri Valley as a conference this year is a lot deeper of a conference than what Loyola Chicago had to go through last year Um, at the top of that conference, you know, they have Missouri state, Northern Iowa, and Drake, um, and even Bradley who, who has, who beat them um, are are all, all very talented teams. You know, that top, those top five teams, um, you know, there's a good chance that Loyola Chicago does lose in the tournament. Um and, and, and doesn't win their conference tournament, but I, I agree with Josh. I think based off what they've done off their market, um, they do have some big wins. A win over San Francisco, um, they 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 will get in. Um, and, and as a dog, um, you know that they're they're uh, they're not as slow tempo as they were under Porter Mosier. This new coach allows them um, to open up the offense a little bit more. Um, so you're seeing a little bit higher scoring. They're playing at a little higher tempo overall. Um, but they still bring that defensive tenacity they had with Mosher. It's still a, a mantra. And, I mean, this yesterday against Northern Iowa, Loyola Chicago at home, that defense was identical to the Porter Mosher style. They were all all over. They're just shooting the ball a little sooner into the shot clock, taking a little bit more threes. The, their coach is giving them a lot more freedom on the offensive end. Porter Mosher was a little bit more – controlling right. that aspect, which we're seeing him do at Oklahoma as well. Um, so that that is a change up in the style from last year to this year to keep an eye on with Loyola Chicago.
1: You know, what, what I like him too is that and those things in that conference as well, uh, the Missouri Valley, right? So Archbendous yeah. is always good. Uh, they have post players no matter what, you know, and when you get into the tournament, it seems to be a lack of post Players out there, so that's an advantage that Loyola can exploit in an NCAA game to cover the spread because that's what we care about. Two teams they're kind of together. Uh, Florida State's going to have to make a run right now, and then in the ACC tournament to sneak in Syracuse again. It's a traditional team; they get good ratings. Bayheim. They're right on the bubble, but I think they can get in. They always make a run late, and they always make a run in the uh, ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament because they play that zone. Uh, it's them. It's annoying, right, because teams have been playing a certain way all year. People switch out defense to play zone, man, zone, man. All Syracuse does is play zone. But what zone does, right, it eliminates, and then next week I'm going to get into it. Next week we're going to talk about uh, the elements that's different from the regular season that for teams to make runs in the tournament. But for Syracuse, one key element is that in the zone, it helps with offensive rebound. If you're a really good zone team, you give up zero offensive rebounds because of the design of the defense. Now. Syracuse recruits guys that are really long, always long, right, to get those offensive rebounds from zone. Florida State, on the other hand, they're the type of team that plays uh, 12 guys, no matter what, keeps their guys fresh. So if they can get through the first day of a tournament, they have a huge competitive advantage, day two, day three, day four, in a battle of attrition. That's Florida State. They have great athletes. Memphis. Memphis, uh, coached by uh, Hardaway, corporate governance, right? You look at a corporation, look who the CEO is. You look who the CFO is. Look at the culture of the company, right? Uh, He's a great coach right now, great recruiter. So, in the NCAA, if you got a guy like Cal Prairie who's a great recruiter. He's a great XSNOs and O's guy, say for Krzyzewski. To help him with the XSNOs, and he he's uh, a guy who has won a national title, Larry Brown, won an NBA title, Larry Brown. <coughs> he's, a, he's in his 80s, but his mind's still sharp. He's on the sideline of the Memphis Tigers. They're 14 and six, they're in a good league. They should receive an at-large bid but I think they are going to probably win the A C tournament. A team that's in the top 10 to make the Final Four last year is Houston. Same thing with uh, Samson. He's a great coach. His son is a great recruiter. So Samson with the XSNO, son recruiting, they're like Memphis. Both teams are going to cover uh, the first two games of the NCAA tournament. Texas, Chris Beard. Um, I had a good time watching him in the Sweet 16 in Anaheim the year before the pandemic. Chris Beard, is a great coach. Now he has uh, the resources at Texas that he did not have at Texas Tech. So look for Chris Beard in corporate governance. Now, the last 16, we're going to group them up. And we're going to go with the Mountain West. So, Chad, what do you think about the Mountain West?
0: Your boys from the Mountain West, Chad. We have the top two teams
1: are you know, okay, your Colorado State, Colorado State, State Wyoming,
0: Colorado. State, San Diego State. Yep, exactly. So, I was going to say the top two teams, Colorado State and Wyoming right now. Um, Wyoming, they got EK inside, big old seven-foot center, lefty. Um, and they got shooters all around them. Hunter Maldonado can score any time, any place. Um, they, they do very well inside-out style game. Um, kick it out to those shooters. Colorado State now. Um, they got Roddy only 6'5 for the 7-foot post because he's 255-260. He's a big boy played quarterback in high school. He's an athlete. He shoots the three ball around 40%. Um, Roddy, I think is probably the, one of the best, most versatile players in the Mountain West right now. And then they back them up with two guards there. Um, Stevens and I, I the other guy's name is, but two of the quickest guards that I've seen um, their guard plays electric. Those guys can handle the ball. Um, lo- love those guys. And then you got Boise State and San Diego State. These two teams I grouped together, they, they both play a um, very defensive-minded style, a very slow-down offensive style. Um, they're teams that are going to press, uh, r- really, really going to ramp you up and try to speed you up offensively. Um, you know, they played a 42-37 to 37 game earlier this year. And, um, you know, San Diego State, Matt Bradley, lefty guard, point guard for them, shooting guard is an X factor. Um, he is a guy that can really, really, really get it going. Sometimes San Diego State relies too much on him for scoring. If Matt Bradley's having an off night, that's an offense that can get pretty stagnant at times. Um, but, yeah, that's about all the – that's all I got from those those teams, the information. Right, so out there. State will
1: not cover as a favorite, but they will as a dog. I think you can pretty much see that, that for all those teams uh, Wyoming's really good. So Wyoming's a team that you have to look at. They could possibly make a run to the Sweet 16.
0: Well, I'm yep. saying you say? Yeah. And they're a team if they're playing a blue blood like Kentucky in the Sweet 16 or a Duke and they're laying 10, 12, 13 points, um, they're a team that you, you seriously you know, need to consider cover- to take a look at.
1: They would even cover plus six. I think they would lose last second to Kentucky. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, they, they, they have that kind of – they have that kind of talent. The You know, they're 21-3, and 20-3, three, only three losses on the year. They have a record that backs up that talent that they have. And, yeah, definitely a team um, that I think will be undervalued. And they're not Kentucky talent. They're not Duke talent.
1: But they're really good in the post. And they're really fundamentally sound.
0: Yeah, and they they – they shoot the ball very well and consistently. Yeah. If you help out, if you help out on that when they get the they get the ball into the post, um, you know, he's he's got shooters spotting up ready. So they're they're a, they're an interesting team that that if they do get hot, like you're saying, they could make a really big run. Right. You I don't think they even have to
1: get hot. I think their style of play and their the their post play, because I don't think there's a lot of good like Kentucky is a great team, but it doesn't seem like they have like, you know, your traditional
0: post guy yeah which yeah Wyoming does why exactly and and, and EK their post guy their five man EK I mean he he's he's a guy he's a guy they run their offense through he gets a touch almost every possession because like you said he's a your historic I mean he's like you know a Shaq type big man that you would need to work through and they do a very good job at getting him touches in every possession but he's a good passer, right? So he can kick it out to those guys for
1: three. Yeah, great That's passer. The
0: tournament. Yeah, great passer, great vision for a, for a seven-foot guy. Very soft touch around the rim. And that left hand, man, I just think it's, you know, when you, you don't guard a bunch of lefties, you guard righty, 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 and then you get that lefty sauce. Um, you know, it is something as a defender that takes a, a little bit to adjust to the the dominant hand being on the left side, so.
1: All right, so that yeah, so that's got to have, and I think more than important than anything else than really college football is you have to, and this is not power rankings because power rankings is a scam as well. When you go to the NCAA, you got to have your own rankings of where you uh, value your team as opposed to the line that's presented. and your team is as close to reality as possible because everything else in life is trying to get you as far away from reality. possible. The final last words, uh, Chad. i this um, every Monday night. Yeah, um, man, 24. I'm just
0: – I am uh, continuing to, to just keep uh, watching as much games and getting as much research as I can get in. Um, take our Pac-12 picks that Josh is posting in our Big West and, and West Coast. Um, starting to heat up there, and yeah, I'm just uh, excited to uh, keep keep moving forward in this progress in this process of uh, you know researching these teams, and um, you know it, it paid off great dividends last year, and I, I know I know if we put in the work, it's going to do the same this year. So I'm just excited to keep it going, keep it rolling.
1: Right, and we're giving you the process, we're giving you the hows and the whys of how to have as much fun and make as much money as we are watching. In processing these games and then uh, skills that are translatable to the business world and picking stocks picking investments and reading people right corporate governance reading people for business purposes. Uh, You always it's a business decision not philanthropy or religion, but you always get 10 times more than what you give so. As Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. Yeah.
0: It's that money boy. Yeah. All uh-huh. right.